we don't want to strip out all the earnings for ourselves. We want to invest in not killing the planet, you know, and like treating people well and paying people good salaries uh, that are living wages, etc. Um, so that's a choice we're making. And it's something we really care about. And we think that we want every company to do it. And we think the world would be a better place if they did. Welcome to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show with your host, Jerry Saber. Hi, you're listening to episode 14 of the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show. My name is Jerry Saver, and this is the podcast for anyone who wants to stay up to date with what's happening in the plant-based sector. Which are the new brands and startups that you should be paying attention to? How they're taking on the market trends? And of course, who are the people behind it all? You know, the ones that are pushing the boundaries and redefining them. The ones that are out there looking for better solutions to how we feed ourselves, clothe ourselves, create new materials, get around and just think about the world. So in this show, I get to introduce you to them, explore how they think and why and what drives and inspires them. And today I have a double act for you. Alex and Jonathan, or JP Petridis, they're brothers from England who have just launched a meal delivery service called All Plants. And as you'll see, they've got some unique qualities they're both bringing to the business, but I'll let them talk about it. So welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thanks so much for having us, Jerry. Yo, thank you for joining me because I know you're right now probably in full launch mode. So thanks for doing this on such a short notice. That's all right. We've just come upstairs from the kitchen. So the guys are... <laughs> mid mid cooking and mid uh finishing off the the dishes we call them finishing artists although al doesn't think that's so yeah cool. so, so it's, yeah it's basically once they get done it's all about the plating and making them look amazing because part of flavor the first thing you experience is the aesthetic and uh as much as we're trying to make sure that every spoonful is delicious they gotta look the part as well so that's what they're doing at the moment oh the I, guys I, are busy downstairs, I, so. I totally i totally get you there but right yeah. now before we start talking about your business and your professional path can I ask you about your personal background? Like, sure. But actually, at first, I wanted to check who, who's the elder brother of you. Is it? Jason? Oh, I'm so glad JP. you asked that, Jerry. Yeah. I'm. Just, it's hard to tell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost, <laughs> almost looked like you could be twins. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, there's like a six-year age gap, right? Yeah, six years. So yeah. So we're um, yeah, we're definitely not twins. <laughs> I, 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 there might have been some weird thing at birth, but no. As much as I'd like to uh, think that I could still be in my 20s, unfortunately I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm the older brother. Um, and I guess so my background, very briefly, from a professional perspective, is I've been building um, startups for the last eight, nine years now. Prior to that, I kind of escaped from the city. So prior to that, I was working in a consulting company called McKinsey and working with really big companies on whatever they thought were the most important problems. Um, and then I kind of just threw a complete curveball and decided to move out to Africa, built my first startup there, which was a mobile bank for uh, those people who didn't have bank accounts. Um, so effectively, the low income base of the pyramid and then spent about five years building that. Uh, it's now used all over East Africa called Mshwari, and it's basically mobile phone-based banking that allows people to borrow and save money in really, really small amounts, like uh, five or 10 cents at a time. Um, so that was the first thing. Then I built a healthcare company, also in Kenya, with a couple of great friends. I'm still very lightly involved in that these days. 
but I've been back in the UK now for almost four years actually. Um, and I've been developing new startup ideas here um, ever since. And fortunately, um, was available and free at the time when I'd already been experiencing and experimenting with uh, eating plant-based um, and living plant-based and had, well, I'm sure we'll go over this later, but just had the epiphany of this needs to be more delicious. This needs to be more exciting. And my God, it needs to be easier. Um, and so Al and I were already deep in it as a, from a lifestyle perspective and living it and breathing it. We just started saying, how can we improve this and how can we make it more exciting and awesome and actually convince more people um, to eat this way? And yeah, we haven't looked back since that. Yeah, and the younger brother, me, um, I, I'm i 26, I think. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> 26. Uh, I spent the last five and a half years building a popcorn brand uh, in the UK and, and it's now spread across Europe. So we we make, we're called prop, we were called Propercorn, it still exists, still running. Um, and I kind of started that with the with the two founders at their kitchen table um, and was kind of mucking in as a bit of an intern, a bit of an all-round team player, and then spent five years getting myself to kind of brand director, which was everything from looking at the marketing and the product and how, how we're um, making better, better, more delicious products and how we're then getting them across Europe. Um, so that, that went really, really well. And uh, it was about 18 months ago that the two of us both started to understand more about uh, vegetarianism and veganism and how it can have a huge impact both on your your health and on your impact on the planet. Um, and that you know the planet thing you can look at in so diff- so many different ways. But there's the obvious environmental impacts. There's the animals. There's this whole ecosystem that we're all learning as a global community. Can we can all have such an amazing impact on? Yeah. So we both thought. How can we inspire that more? How can we completely, people... completely separately? By yeah. The way. yeah, yeah. I like, yeah. literally did. There was no. We didn't even talk about it. And then within the same week, mm. it's the weirdest thing. Within the same week, I chatted to Al, or Al actually wrote this amazing uh, medium post, yeah, yeah, post or medium, and I read it and I was like, what? How he decided to go vegan overnight? Like how? This is so weird because I'm literally exp- just decided to start experimenting with it. Um, and so then, you know, for the next few months, it was actually just quite the fun of going and trying new things. I mean, it's, it's amazing. There's so many exciting, delicious, especially in London, we're, we're spoiled, you know. There's so many street food things and even uh, conventional big restaurants are starting to make actual vegan tasting menus, for example. I'm going in a couple of weeks to a, a, a Michelin star. This is crazy. I don't go to a place like this ever, but I'm doing it for my sister's 30th. Uh, we're taking her to a, a restaurant that they have a vegan tasting menu in a French, like, high-end cuisine place. So you get to try all this cool new stuff, and it'll mm-hmm. be fun. Yeah, and then that goes back to what I guess my brother was saying before is, I, at the beginning, it was him kind of trying to work out how we're going to take this on and be like, right, we want everyone in the country to try this delicious new way of eating yeah. and, and see all the benefits from it, um, from, like, a thriving and in-yourself point of view, and then and then how actually... I can't. Yeah, everyone can do this. It's just like a mental shift that you've got to make, and then and then you can discover this whole new world of ingredients and flavor and nutrition and and empathy as well, which is an incredible part of I think everything we're doing. Um, so so yeah, we 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 looked at all different ways of approaching the problem, I guess, and figured out that there was a way that we could create 
something that's really delicious, really good for people, and also able to be eaten by everyone, um, which is, I guess, what got us onto all plants. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's really interesting that you guys both kind of gravitated to to the same thing at the same time without mm-hmm. even coordinating. So, what, was there anything about your family and upbringing that kind of planted <laughs> the seeds for this? Or no? Well, well, I guess so. That's really funny. I mean, uh, as you'll have guessed from our surname, we've got Cypriot heritage. Half our family lives in Cyprus, and we spent a lot of time there growing up and still. Um, and, you know, obviously it's about big meze. There's everyone sitting down and sharing these big meals together. And you've got platter and platter coming out of lamb and of uh, meatballs and uh, suvlakia, uh, whole grilled fish. I mean, that's just the, how everyone eats. It's very, very um, meat oh. and fish heavy. And it's part of the culture. Greek yogurt on everything, halloumi, I mean, you name it, right? So from that perspective, certainly we were, I wouldn't say we were primed by our family. I guess things that we were primed by is, um, are, again, in, our, in Cyprus, all of our family, we basically from a family of farmers who, uh, you know, our grandfather started off as a sheep herder, then he became a uh, mushroom farmer and became like the biggest mushroom farmer in southern Europe or something. Um, and nowadays, uh, both of our uncles are still working in potatoes and a bunch of other um, uh, fresh produce that they grow and uh, and that and that kind of like being in touch with uh, food to a greater level, I think, helps. Also, just being big foodies and enjoying exploring food. Mm-hmm. But I think we went on very different journeys to actually yeah. to turn so the switch. There are those you know? factors in our past. Like, yes, we love food. We've always loved food, and that's been a huge part of our lives. Um, and there's the link to the farmers. But at the same time, yeah, we went on different paths. So mine was I was looking at. Uh, uh, supply chain at the popcorn company mm. and uh, I was trying to to learn more about it and just to figure out how we can improve it um, and through that just met lots of people uh, went to talks uh, did skypes with people from all over the world I was looking at all kinds of things from there's, there's a huge like, insect trend at the moment which you know might take off might not and I, I you know I skype with the guys doing that in the in LA and Bitty yeah bit yeah Bitty foods and yeah. I, I met with loads of people and I just suddenly started to learn about how crazily chaotic this food system is that we've created. Yeah. Um, it's gone from a very kind of local base to a very globalized base. And as much as we could bring that back local, uh, it's still it's still very challenging then to feed everyone. Um, and what we what we kind of you soon learn is that there's so many issues with with the way things are that basically there's so many issues everywhere absolutely everywhere um that there needed to be a wholesale change and then through that learned more and more and started to realize that well plant-based is this wholesale change plant-based is this way to get all the nutrition you need and you can find the flavors within that um and that's what kind of hooked me at first i was and that's what made me start doing it and then i uh learned more and more about environmentally and if you look at all life on the planet how it's basically suffering because of this chaos as a food system we've created and all the marketing that spun off that um and realized that first and foremost you know we didn't need to do that so i didn't need to do that and i needed to personally separate myself from that um and then secondly that we could actually have an impact on that as entrepreneurs and as creative people that that kind of feel really passionate about getting 
more togetherness in our world. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of the journey I took. I mean, you, you've got a different one, I guess, but Delphi. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I would say, because Al, I guess listening to you talk about that, it sounds like Al's path was it's quite unusual because it was triggered by a professional exploration and experience mm. yeah that, not that, many that's would. not very common for for right. transition to veganism to be yeah. starting from from a food supply part of things right. yeah definitely it's and, it's, and, and by the way it has snowballed into a lot more understanding and like you know empathy and my yeah a lot more of that but it came from a very logical point of view basically. so interesting yeah because for me i think my path is a lot more just typical of a of, of plenty of people i meet who are doing the same thing and so for me my partner um, from when I met her had just gone veggie and then we started living together six, 12 months later. And I always thought like, oh, it's so cute that she's vegetarian. Like, you know, I'm like meat with every meal. Um, but as soon as we moved in again, cause I'm kind of a big foodie and love to cook. I was like, oh yeah, let's just be veggie at home. Cause it, and I'd never cooked veggie before. And so it was really cool. I spent as a result about three, four years, learning how to cook amazing curries and amazing stir fries and amazing stews and, and cakes and bakes and all this stuff with just veggie, you know, like, and we already, we, we stripped out all the dairy from our, just because we preferred almond milk actually, you know, like, and so that happened very gradually. I was always like, no, no, but I eat meat, you know, like I, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a ham sandwich at lunchtime or whatever. Like I'm going to go have a burger because I'm a man, you know, and that's what guys do. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I started to read and watch certain things where I was like, oh, my God. And I, I think it was about two years, almost exactly two years ago now, where I'd read um, Jonathan Safran Fur's book, Eating Animals. If you haven't read it, it's, it's just an amazing exploration of that question that I think all first-time parents get if you're already veggie vegan. It's just like, what do I yeah. do? I, do I, Tell, do I make my kids this? Do I just make them that at home? Do I, you know, how do I decide this stuff? It's amazing. And he went and uh, um, spent a load of time uh, at night exploring factory farms and, and related it all in a very harrowing way. Read that and I, for about six weeks, was like, I'm not eating meat. That's it. I'm done. And then I was just too weak. Right. And, and at the end of it, I was just like, oh, you know, like I respect people who can be vegetarian, but it's not for me. I'm, I'm Cypriot. It's cultural. So I'd been through a few phases of trying, if you like. Um, and then, yeah, about 18 months ago, I think having learned a lot about the health and wellness perspective from running a healthcare company, and we're very focused, everything we do is wellness medicine. I'd learned that it hadn't triggered me. I was like, yeah, it makes sense, but it hadn't triggered me. I'd learned so much about the, eth the awful ethical uh, and um, corrupt industry of, of animal agriculture. And again, I was like, it's terrible, it's terrible, but I just couldn't stop putting the steak in my mouth. I don't know why I still did it. But for me, the big thing was just realizing the science of how rapidly eating meat on a, and dairy and fish on a daily basis was completely destroying our planet. And that I was party to that by con con continuing with it. Um, I just couldn't, I immediately was like, well, I can't. I now am at a place where logically it would be completely um immoral and uh, i would also be a massive hypocrite if i don't act on this and so i just did, and, and for me i did it as an i went cold turkey i was like that's it i'm done i kind of just said you know what i'm not going to call myself vegan i can't do it it doesn't feel right at mm -hmm. first and i just said i'm just going to eat this way for a week and see what happens and then eat this way for a month and it just kept going 
And the thing that really helped me with that, and I've been, we, we're spending so much time at the moment chatting to tons of people. Like I'm literally on the boards all the time on Veganuary, helping people with their questions and like, how do I do this? And one of the biggest problems is when you're trying vegan is that it's so easy to make mistakes. You make them all the time. Like you eat something like a pita bread and it turns out it's got milk powder in it and you didn't know and you didn't even think to check. And the key thing for me that I found with framing it as an experiment is that when you do experiments, you expect to make mistakes and they're actually part of experimenting and you make mistakes in order to learn. So for me, that really helped and it meant they helped me to stick with it and, um, yeah, and so then kind of both never looked back. Yeah, I, I can relate to that on so many ways from you cooking for your partner because that's kind of how my wife hooked me in yeah. as well. You know, I, 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 I was, <laughs> was the same. Funny, was she trying to hook you in? Um, she wasn't actively trying to hook right. me in. She kind of made it clear that she didn't want meat in our house and I was totally uh -huh. fine with that because I came from a half vegetarian background anyway. And, I found it kind of normal for, for a woman not to eat meat. Right. You know? And but, there is that guy stigma. And there you know, is that guy stigma, there's yeah. There's definitely something. And, like it's, and, you know, and there's this whole thing about plant-based protein, which is something that is a real, like, we really, it drives me nuts. And, but I love talking about it now because we've done so much research and we've spoken to so many nutritional experts. And so we now, I feel, you know, I love telling people the truth about it. But, it, but in general... Uh, minds everywhere everyone is just so strongly associating meat with protein and muscles and manliness and it's it's one of the paradigms we need to continue yeah, to whittle away at. exactly because if you look at all the food pyramids that are i don't know if that was posted in in your schools when you guys were, were kids but i i remember that it, it was in our classroom and you know what you have at that it's not the top level it's somewhere in the middle you've got protein and then you've got pictures of meat and fish and maybe some eggs or whatever but yeah, yeah exactly. it, it's never plants i was even reading a uh, cookbook last night uh by someone i can't remember what his name is but it's a, it's a guy in the uk who's blown up recently and there's there's i think there's one or two uh they are vegan there's one or two vegan recipes in this in this cookbook um and in it he almost gives an excuse like oh you know I re I like to have a protein rich diet, which is why mm -hmm. everything else has meat and fish in it and whatever. Um, but here's some protein stuff you can get from a vegetarian diet, and it's just such an annoying thing because the they're not this guy's not a nutritionist, you know. He's just a guy who's into food and and has probably worked out a few times, and as a result, he's managed to find a way to get himself a book deal. And there's a lot of people who have been educated one way and a huge part of like shifting the trend, like making this transition on the plant-based trend is, is to just kind of re-educate everyone. And that's yeah. such a, that's such a difficult thing to do because so the, the thing people crave most is flavors. So how can you educate them on nutrition while giving them things they want that are delicious? Like if you look at kind of like the impossible meats and all, all the stuff they're doing, they're just totally focused on deliciousness, but they're also talking about like plant power and, and protein. But it's a really, really, challenging tightrope to walk and i think what we part of what we're doing at all plants is trying to get that messaging right so yeah we are talking about giving you the flavors that you like and 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 you know wh whether that's a stew or you know uh, a moussaka or whatever it is but at the same time trying to get those 
to try to get those teachings, I guess, across that you can find nutrition in a really positive, a really yeah. uh, clean way um, from plants. So, yeah. yeah. It's sunshine in your belly. <laughs> that, that's a good one. And right right there, I think we, we can just transition to all plants. And can you tell me just in a nutshell, like what, what's your elevator pitch for, for the company? How would you explain it in, in one sentence? What's all plants? It, Okay, so yeah, so we're, we're making special, really delicious dinners um, and we're delivering them to your door. The whole, the whole USP is we're using nothing but plants. So all the nutrition baked into it is plant-based and where we're going is it's going to be a subscription service. So you can get either, it might be your four meals for meat-free Monday that month if you're thinking about um, hitting a vegetarian diet or it might be uh, that you, just, you, go, you live a really busy lifestyle and we're going to provide you with really delicious ways to get convenience in your life um, and learn more about plant-based food. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it summed up. Delicious food delivered to your door, nothing but plants. Cool. And what, what is it that makes it unique besides being all plant-based, of course? Um, well, we, well, we're basically just getting started. So we um, soft launched in October, just passed. Um, and we're actually now officially launched. And so prior to that, we've been uh, refining our recipes. We built a kitchen, which was madness, uh, but we got it done just before Christmas and started cooking in there, which is really exciting. Um, and also we uh, started serving real people all over the country. So, you know, our food has um, been enjoyed in homes from Edinburgh to Cardiff uh, and all over England, Manchester, Brighton, and in in all kooky uh, kind of uh, aspects all across the country where actually most importantly if you're not in a city you're not going to be able to pop down to like the the cool vegan market that's happening on Saturday or to some street food vendor um, to try a new like sloppy cashew mac you just can't get it and mm -hmm. what we want to say is hey it's okay because we're here to bring it to you um, so that's why we decided actually in the early days we were really strong on the idea of uh, effectively creating a restaurant where we could bring people together to experience and enjoy um, way more delicious food that really pushed the boundaries on flavor. Um, but we realized very quickly that you, only, you can only reach a certain number of people who are within like, you know, a 10 minute walk or a half hour ride if it's like a cool place to go in the evening. What we've done with our kitchen now, the idea is that we're a restaurant for everyone in the UK. Um, you know, for, for anyone who's vegan, or who's veggie, or, and this is one of my favorite phrases, plant curious. Uh, you know, people say flexitarian, reducitarian. There's so many people who are plant curious, um, you know, and who, who are thinking about it like, I guess I kind of want to cut down on meat or, or have less fish and dairy in my diet, but I just don't know what to eat. Um, and we feel like so many people are now primed with that awareness and interest, and they just don't know where to go, and we just want to make that easier. Um, and they don't know how to get it tasting really delicious and I think that's what we focused on as I, I talked about the tightrope earlier is we focused on making sure it's the flavors you want the nutrition you need delivered to your door so you can cook it really quickly and and eat really conveniently um, but also you know we're going to be changing the menus so that each month there'll be different things you can try um, and that's all about just broadening the horizons on look plant-based doesn't mean bland it doesn't also mean junk it means wicked flavors and really nutritious uh, soul food essentially and 
the meals are all frozen, if I understand correctly, right? Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. So that's a key thing. So actually, we're going to eat this for lunch. So I bought it to show. So this is one of our meals. So you can see it. Mm -hmm. uh, but listeners can't definitely see it. But this is one of our meals. And this is the moussaka. So it comes frozen. We, we cook it fresh. We freeze it down. And then what my brother worked on for a long time is um, trying to find a really sustainable solution to then deliver it frozen to people's doors. Um, and yeah, so fortunately, we've, we've developed uh, an insulation liner, essentially. So it's like a, this guy. Oh, yeah, there you go. One of these. It's this guy. Okay. Shiny. So, um, so that's, that's your own design as well, how, how to deliver it? Yeah, so we yeah. found a fantastic uh, company, a, a guy who used to work with me uh, in Africa at Penda Health. Um, now he's back in New York and he works for Blue Apron who are, they deliver uh, recipe Milk kits all over the States uh, in operations, luckily. So he put, he put us in touch with all of their suppliers of these crazy sparkly liners and we got one that works for um, the, a, a very simple small box like this. And the most important thing is we, we just didn't want to put any more plastic or any more polystyrene or any more horrible man-made materials that don't return to the earth or return to be used again um and so this liner is fully compostable and everything we use in the box and in the packaging is is fully recyclable um and and that that was really important to us like we we are not just trying to have an impact on uh removing barriers to adoption and inspiring and exciting people towards plant-based we also it really matters to us that um, everything we do with all plants is an example to how we think all businesses should operate. We want to not just be inspiring uh, people with their, their diets and their lifestyles, but we want to inspire other businesses to say, hey, you don't need to be so wasteful and so neglectful to our planet and our environment and society. Like, let's do things properly because it's, it's worth it and it's, it's better for everyone. Um, so that's why we, we spent all that time doing that. And actually, the thing I'm really excited about with these boxes is each one comes with um, like a, a new address label inside for a free return. So kind of like, you know, when you buy your kind of clothing from ASOS yeah, or whoever, yeah. and you get free returns for stuff you don't want. Most people don't want a box like this sticking around at home. And if they can, instead of tearing it up and putting it in their recycling, if they can be bothered to, all they have to do is whack a sticker on and send it back to us and we'll actually reuse it. Because uh, reuse is better than recycle. Um, so yeah, so that's that's how we get our uh, dishes to everyone's doorsteps. That's first of all that that's awesome because I think that's that's the way to go if you're building a new business. Just do the foundations strong and do them proper. So if if you're starting out, you should start out by thinking about how you want to make your business as sustainable as possible and as environmentally totally. responsible as possible, which is what you guys do are doing. But what does this mean for your distribution costs? Because you're you're delivering or you're planning to deliver your meals nationwide, right? Yeah. And so it's, we've been delivering yeah. nationwide since October. How um, how's that working out for you? <laughs> I tell you what, I've been um, I've been talking to a lot of other founders of both like uh, fashion companies who sell stuff online and food companies who sell stuff online. And this is the question of effectively which delivery partners and which boxing and insulation materials you use um, is a never-ending thing that's always problematic. So that, first of all, we know it's always going to be a headache. Um, for, for the moment, we've, we've found a fantastic partner. They're called Yodel. 
and they allow us to reach everywhere in the UK, uh, even to Northern Ireland, which is boggles my mind. Um, and we do next day delivery. And so what we've made sure of with our packaging is that our food stays fresh and frozen for 36 hours. Uh, and for example, today we're dispatching um, a whole bunch of tasting menus to new customers. Those will leave our warehouse at about five o'clock in the afternoon and customers will be receiving them between nine o'clock and 6 p.m. the next day. So it keeps it fresh, um, but we do have problems and it's a, you know, that's just part of uh, running an operation. And also, by the way, the fact that we've invested so much and, and a lot more than you could if you were just using like polystyrene and plastics, etc. We just choose to do that. And, you know, currently we're obviously making nothing because we're a baby company and we're like, we need to learn how to uh, get to the stage and the amount of customers that we would. But in t at a unit level, you know, we, we're choosing to make less profit because we don't want to strip out all the earnings for ourselves. We want to invest in not killing the planet, you know, and like treating people well and paying people good salaries uh, that are living wages, etc. Um, so that's a choice we're making and it's something we really care about and we think that we want every company to do it and we think the world would be a better place if they did. Yeah, that, <laughs> I can't argue with that definitely, but um, speaking of financial matters, the one thing that's super important for a startup that's just launching is obviously the funding. So. Can you share who, who you have behind you? like, Or what's your approach <laughs> to, to funding at all? Is this all... Jerry's going Jerry's to think we're crazy, right? Mm. Um, okay. So, we, so we, we, we started working on this, um, kind of noodling on the idea actually about a year ago, uh, last January. And then so I, I, you know, Al was still full-time with Propercorn and, you know, and it's, a, it's a really fast-growing and fantastic business, brilliant team. And so he was very busy with that. I just decided, right, I'm going to go full time on this from now because we, we were so sure about the fact that we needed to do something in the space. So we've been working on it almost a year, uh, and and we're just we're just being really scrappy and really uh, thoughtful about how to um, spend the minimum amount we need to in order to create, for example, our website and our branding and our packaging um, and designing our recipes. You know, I for the first six seven months i was one of the chefs you know and like i I've, I've become a proficient prep chef also a great pot wash and uh you can you know, still find us in the kitchen some days for sure yeah yeah, yeah. we were in the kitchen all the time you know so so we we're kind of just doing everything uh to keep the thing oiled and for the moment al and i have basically plowed all of our savings anything we've ever got um into this and uh and that's allowed us to make really fast progress without slowing down to and, and and actually create something to see if anyone likes it and wants it uh as a first step now when we soft launch in october we've done i mean we've literally done zero marketing today and we we launched the website just shared it on facebook and we sold out to christmas over a weekend and we were just like whoa okay this is great like that's good that means we've done we've worked out kind of who we should what we should say and how, how we should do it um but so so we realized, okay, so now we need to start taking this a bit more seriously. Um, and so in the background, what we've been doing is over the last year is from all of our previous mentors, from uh, previous people who've invested in things that I've built or, or uh, things that Al's built as well, we're gathering those people together who both have the smarts to make something really successful, but also who, and this is a really important filter for us, 
who are passionate, deeply passionate about what we're trying to create and about uh, the goal and that we're working towards, um, you know, to help people and planet thrive together. That's that's really important to us. Um, so we're doing that and we're also getting some really fantastic people who basically just know how to make food that's delicious and that people love, um, you know, and so we're gathering what we're calling the all plants, all stars together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, 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 we'll be doing a small amount of fundraising in this quarter, actually, uh, just to allow us then to look forward and move to, for example, our rotating menu, which we're really excited about, um, where on a monthly basis we'll have effectively like a specials board that you'd get in your local restaurant uh, with some of the latest and greatest flavors uh, in the plant-based space available uh, on our menu. Cool. And that thing you were just talking about, that was actually one of the other things that I, I love exploring is how, how founders bring their teams together, you know, and just find the right people to, to bring their ideas to life. So how did you, after, of course, you, you advanced from being a chef, <laughs> how did you form the team behind All Plants? Who do you have working for you right now? Well, yeah, so uh, early days, it's super scrappy. Um, we, the first person that we needed to join other than us, just like coming up with ideas and researching things and interviewing. I mean, I, in the first six months, I pretty much did an interview a day with someone who is already vegan, veggie thinking of going vegan or, uh, plant curious as we call it to just learn about like what, what's influencing them and what pain points are there? Like what's stopping you? What are the things that you, you know, really find hard? Uh, so we were doing all of that stuff, but basically we needed a development chefs. So we got a couple of fantastic chefs, largely through our own networks, uh, who had great training. They worked in Michelin-starred restaurants. They worked in food startups as well um, and knew how to create products and iterate them through a process to make sure that from a frozen perspective, they would maintain great quality and great nutrition and be really easy to recook every time. So, so we needed we needed that team first, and then we yeah go on. Al, Al needs to go and grab a plug. You're gonna, gonna go downstairs. Okay, Al's gonna run downstairs to get a plug because the laptop's about to die. <laughs> um, and so then and then since that we've had um, some fantastic people join as interns, which is actually like how Al Alexander started uh, as an intern at Propercorn. At Propercorn, I think yeah. he worked at Propercorn, you know, for like six to nine months, almost for free because he loved it so much. And then over five years, he, he was running a team of 20 people across brand marketing, et cetera. We really want to take um, young, passionate and uh, hardworking people who, who are on the same mission as us into the team. And so Ellie, who joined us in July, just as an intern mucking on and everything. Now she's, you know, full time since September and she's, you know, brilliant. And she's running all logistics at the moment and then customer services and everything else. Then on the food side, we had to hire chefs. Um, I'll tell you what, there's one fantastic, I'd love to give a shout out to Vegan Jobs UK. Um, Rob Shepard, who runs it, he does it on the side and he's got a full, very busy full-time job. He has uh, done an amazing job putting together this uh, little platform where vegan companies can advertise roles for anything from a chef to a marketeer to um you know, to anything like a salesperson, and they, it's just great people, you know, who are really aligned again from a mission perspective, and who are looking to be part of something that resonates for them. And by the way, for chefs, there are so many chefs who are vegan, um, 
who are having to work every day, day in, day out in kitchens where they're handling meat, you know, and they got to do it because they need to get paid and they can't find a reliable job where they're getting to handle just, you know, veg, veg every day. Um, so when they're, when we find people like that and they're skilled and they're passionate, we're just like, come, come in, like come to our kitchen, you know, like, don't worry about it. Um, and then, and then the, the couple of really uh, exciting people who, you know, really leaders in the team with us, Anna, um, Anna joined us properly in mid-October. She has got fantastic experience as a chef. She spent about uh, eight, ten years working her way up, uh, having studied at Leith's, which is this great uh, cooking school in London, and then working at high-quality kitchens, um, which have crazy high pressure, like 20-hour days. And then for the last two, three years, she actually ran her own food company called Lunchboxed, um, which was delivering lunches all over London, uh, and worked at a, a food uh, delivery company called Pronto as their head of food. So she's joined and she's just, you know, trans. I, I, I used to be running uh, like kitchen manager. Anna, like, I, I, I'm no longer anywhere near, like, she is a my boss now, which is great. Um, and then we've got another fantastic uh, guy joining soon, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say that out loud. No, am I not? Secret. We've got secret. Another, another fantastic guy joining uh, who is, um, who we've also been getting to know for the last kind of nine months, and he's. He's uh, built and uh, been very successful with digital startups in the past as well. One was like a music um, platform. One's a plant-based one as well. And then the one that he spent the last year building is a uh, plant-based video platform that's done very well. And he, we're just so aligned, you know, like, he, and, and he's, he's so driven by the mission. And uh, we're very excited about working together. He's, he's joining the team actually next week. So he's onboarding at the moment. So, you know, you, I think... The thing that I've learned, right, is that you, it, as much interviewing and exercise, pre-exercises, et cetera, as possible that you can do, you don't really know each other whether you're going to fit until you start working together. So what we try to do is we, um, we do as much rigorous upfront work to uh, make sure there's a great fit from a skills perspective and a um, kind of drive perspective. But also it's important to just start doing projects together and see, um, see how it if, works out. Yeah, yeah, see if the work vibe's there. And so that's that's what we do a lot of as well. Cool. Now, if, if we just take a step back before we start wrapping this up and look at the whole meal delivery space, what did you find out about it when you were planning for this company? Like, what are its some ups and downsides to it? So one of the reasons we went uh, with delivering our meals frozen is... Of course, yes, it makes them fresher for longer. So it stores and locks in all the flavors and nutrition. But at the same time, it means from a startup point of view, we can really tightly manage what days we're cooking and how much stock we're storing. And then we can also increase the amount that then arrives at a customer's door and isn't overwhelming for them because they can eat it over a period of time. So that was a really, really important thing. We've, we've seen a lot of um, meal deliveries that are either on demand, they're usually on demand fresh, um, in the UK, at least, um, and actually in the US, that, that that have kind of put loads of money behind it and tried to get it working, but actually it's very, very, very difficult because every day you're then dealing with what orders you need to produce and and it, the, the economics of it just get a bit crazy. Um, a lot and tons of them are shut down. And tons of them are shutting down yeah. and, and have shut down. Um, so what we re what we what we and, and we're not we we don't want to build something that's a flash in the pan like we. We, we really, from the outset, were like, this is, you know, 
we can see this, what this is going to look like in five years, in 10 years, in 15 years. And so we don't just want to run in and just start messing around. Like we really want to build something that is going to um, make a really big difference and that gives us stable foundations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what, what else did you mean from meal, meal delivery perspective? Well, that, that was my primary, um, primary <laughs> reason for asking it because, yeah, first of all, it is getting really big right now. But second, yeah. just like you mentioned, a lot of the companies that did already start there are also shutting down. Yeah. Because A, it's, it's getting highly competitive and B, there are so many obstacles and so many ways to tackle it. Yeah, the other the other thing we looked at was meal kits, which I don't know in the in the UK and I think in the US when we touched on Blue Apron earlier, they're they're big things. So that's all the things you need to cook X number of meals this week or next week or whatever with the little recipe cards. With the recipe cards, yeah, cool. and and they're really great. Um, and what we realised though is that there's a certain type of person who really who wants that, someone who's probably really interested in food, probably eats out quite a lot, and wants has the time. To spend X amount of time prepping something, and, and it's their it's their creative space for the day. They might be have a mundane day job or whatever it's it is. It's like a hobby. It's, it's like taking it's, up a hobby. Exactly, it's like a hobby. And what we realize is, you know, that isn't what we're trying to do. We want there to be, we want people to just try delicious food, um, and that we spent a lot of time trying to work out how to get how to freeze things the right way in order to make sure that. It was delicious. It was then convenient, and it is um, an easy journey from our kitchen and everything we make and taste fresh every day um, to our customers' kitchen, our customers' plate. Um, so I think that was another thing that we went through when we're looking at meal delivery. How can we make it just like super convenient, something we would really want when we're tired or when we've had a long day or when um, or what one really big space has been uh, like mums, mums and young families. Yeah who they, they want their kids to eat well and then it gets to them and they haven't really thought themselves. And we're, we're giving them something that allows them to try new things, but also it's really nutritious and that's, that's important. We've had them. quite a lot of uh, recently, like pregnant or recently given birth uh, couples who are just like, I want this weekly. Just send me the six meals. Yeah. I just don't want to think about it. And I, I know it's good and I know it's delicious. Um, the other thing, by the way, that we really noticed, Jerry, and this this came from a lot of our customer interviews, was that, you know, things like Deliveroo or Uber Eats or takeaways of any sort, um, they serve a certain uh, segment, which is basically pretty rich people regularly. And then I don't know about you, but for someone like me, I'll get a takeaway from those guys like once a month. And it's like a real treat, you know, because it's like 15 pounds a head. That's a lot to spend if I'm not going out. I'm just at home eating food out of a plastic whatever container that they send it in we didn't want to have a price point that was too high and that meant that our product was like some kind of premium thing that only really well-off people could enjoy we wanted it to be something that is um a luxury in terms of its flavor and what we are offering in nutrition etc but there's also something that's affordable you know there's something that's realistically can slot into your life as a convenience you can eat it two three times a week and you're going to be feeling really good uh, you're going to enjoy it, and also it fits in your, you know, what you expect to spend. Um, and so, yeah, and so that's that's what took us down the path of using um, the mode of freezing our food fresh out of the kitchen uh, and getting it to our customers in that way. Yeah, and and your prices are pretty accessible, I, I have to say, especially if if you're using that one meal for for two people as it's meant. 
yeah, yeah but I, I i totally get you on the pricing part because for, for me it's it's mostly the amount of food that i'm used to eating mm. you know if, if i go out and this is what we do maybe once a month or so we go out to a restaurant and yeah. I, I either don't eat enough or i end up spending spending way more than i expected because right. i'm just okay i'm, I'm gonna eat same amount of food that I would normally prepare for myself, and yeah. which means I ordered three meals just, just to feed me. So wow, you eat a lot, by the way. I do eat a lot. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was at this point a couple of years ago when we just transitioned to vegan, and I started losing weight. And I think yeah. that's a pretty common problem for for a lot yeah. of people because they're they're used to a certain meal size and. Then they go plant-based and they still eat the same amount of food, but because it's mm. less calorie dense, it starts taking away from you. So I, I kind of train myself to, to eat a lot more. And now because I'm also physically active quite a bit, yeah, it's some of my meals are pretty huge. Lucky <laughs> you. Thanks. Okay, but now we're heading into the final stretch. So I'm just going to go to the standard closing questions. Okay. And ask you oh. as entrepreneurs who've been doing this for quite a long time, what, what is it that keeps you going with, when things get tough? Like what's your source of drive and inspiration personally for each of you? Wow. I mean, uh, I, there's, there's, it's really hard to boil this down to one thing, personally. And, I, and, and to be honest, it takes quite a lot of introspection to work out what your personal motivators are. Um, I've always found that if I'm working on something that I truly, like deeply in the center of myself, care about and feel the world needs and feel it's my responsibility to bring to the world, then I get a hundred times more resilience and a hundred times more um, drive from myself than I do if, I, if, if I'm working on something that I'm like, you know what, I just don't even, I don't even believe in this, let alone think anyone needs it, you know? And, I, and I've worked on, the, the, the mad thing is that since I've been, came back to the UK, I mean, I've literally launched over a dozen other things. Some of them lasted a week, some of them lasted a couple of months. Some of them are still going, but in a really, you know, lame little way. And the reason that they didn't make it, not only were they largely useless ideas and poorly executed, etc., but I just didn't care enough. And neither did the rest of us. And we were just, and when it got hard, as it always does every day, basically, you just hit the wall and you're like, no, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go over that one. Mm -hmm. I think for me that that tends to be the, the base thing. Um, but it's also being, you know, absolutely like a bit of cuckoo and you know just like wanting, just loving running through walls and being really driven you know all that stuff but yeah i think caring about the mission and the uh, solving the problem yeah and caring about it from a customer perspective as well like how how can like yeah there's you know we want to make sure that people who are already plant-based love our food that's one thing but how can we make something that's so uh so interesting, so engaging, so almost like magical that from a non-plant-based perspective, people are trying it out and saying, yeah. yeah, maybe I could do this. This is this is quite interesting. It's exciting. It's it's the future of food. It's my body. I need to care more about that. And it's try I, I find it really interesting to to see people experience it, mm. get excited by it, 
enjoy it and then think right okay cool how can we do more of this so whenever whenever we hit a wall it's like well yeah there's always going to be walls there's walls everywhere but let's let's just climb over that one and then climb over the next one and just keep making magic when you get to the top of it every time you know what the the other thing jerry that for me is an absolute game changer is and this will this will be true for anyone else who's you know who's who's personally plant-based and thinking about doing something to serve the needs of, of of us you know be it making you know shoes or watches or uh food or drinks whatever it is right the thing that's awesome is that three times a day i experience the same frustrations and pain points about like oh man i'm too busy like i'm not i, I go to the supermarket and there's nothing for me all the soups have got butter and cream in them. All the prepared meals I could heat up in the microwave have got like milk powder in them. And it's just like, why is no one making food for me? And honestly, I've never built something where actually I'm I'm so scratching my own itch that it it just feels so good. Every time you're like, yeah, yeah, this tastes good. This is, I, I wish I could eat this every day. Uh, I never had that before, you know? Like um, everything else I built was for, I saw something that was a problem for someone else and dedicate myself to trying to solve that because I thought it was important but doing it for something that you're like genuinely pissed off about half the time you're just like yeah okay <laughs> I'm gonna go and fix that tomorrow awesome so if, if we still try to boil it down what, what's the one advice that you would give either to your younger self or to anyone who wants to build something out of nothing especially in the plant-based sector what, what would you tell them um I got. I, can I? Can I yeah, get you first? Go first? You go first. Yeah. I um again like this is a really hard question, mm. uh, but the one thing that I encourage the most when because I love uh, chatting to people who are just starting out and, and or thinking about starting something etc. Is first of all dream big. I don't like dream really big. Like try go after things that you really care about and that you think you could solve in a really big and exciting way and that really like genuinely gets you buzzing. Um, but do small so that you can take the, the, like, so that you can literally take the first step tomorrow. You don't even have to think about it. It's so easy. You just find the smallest thing you can do to move forward and do it. Don't even think about it. Just do it. And then do the next one and just go left foot, right foot, left foot. And you ju just start taking steps and keep dreaming big. And you never know; you, you you might find the right path. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I think when you're when you're trying to find that the big thing, the way you can serve, it's like what what am I actually passionate about? What do I enjoy doing every day? What can I what can I tolerate doing some days, but and, and then some days I just love doing. And that's going to be the thing that sets you apart. If you can find something that you that you genuinely uh, you care about and you enjoy doing, then you can just keep going with it, and you'll find a way to make it work for you love it love both of those thanks and now speaking of building things and growing what's your vision for the future that that you're helping build right now five ten years down the road where do you see yourselves where do you see the planet with with the things that you're doing well i mean we I, personally i really believe that if by 2050 we are not all eating mostly plants if not exclusively plants um then we're going to have a planet that looks extremely different to how it looks today um and certainly 
I, w I wouldn't expect that to be better. Uh, it will be a lot harder and a lot uh, less habitable um, and less lovely. So, you know, really, we we want to be part of make realizing that and making that happen. And I guess the the key thing that we realized is that we can't as much education and convincing and forcing that we might try to do to get people to eat less of you know taxing taxing a lot of people are like well why don't we just put taxes on things to really represent the environmental degradation that they represent you know so meat would suddenly cost crazy amounts etc you can do that you can beat people with a stick but personally we believe that it's about inspiring people towards the abundant and immense flavors of plants and the, the and the creations that you can you can offer and and we know that in food the majority of people the, the dominant thing that drives our decisions about what we're going to eat is taste and so that's we're focused on that and we want to unlock that mass adoption towards plants and and we think it will make the planet uh, a much better place and, to live on and for all plants we'll unlock that in different categories i guess so at the moment we're really focused on dinner because we've we've realized that uh, that is a bit of a pain point for people sometimes. Like, how can I get a really delicious, nutritious dinner conveniently? We'll, we'll deliver it to your door for X number of days a month. Without but, cooking for like an hour and a half. And... So, that's, so, that's, so that's kind of our now. And our future is, what other, what other situations like that exist in your household? What other situations like that exist in your life? And how, how can we, as a team, collaborate with people and inspire more plant-based uh, food businesses, essentially, or food ideas to, to come into come to life. Um, and I think that's a really big part of what we're doing. We, we want to, our, our food is center stage, but if we can help drive the movement towards a more plant-based future through everything we do, then that's really exciting. And that's what, that's what will really yeah. benefit the planet and really benefit all people who, who and all life within the planet. That's great. That's great. And I, I love it how you guys are always kind of complimenting each other with, you know, your, <laughs> your skills, your backgrounds, your, your ideas. Yet, yeah, kind of it's very interlocking, but it's not it's not the same. It's it's complimenting. So awesome. Now, nice. I know Thanks, you guys man. are in a hurry, so I'm just going to ask you the, the last thing. Where can people connect with you, find out more about you and of course, where can they sign up for, for your meals? So all plants, everything. So whether, whether you're on Instagram or you're on Facebook, Twitter, or you're looking for the .com, it's just allplants.com, all plants on all those other platforms as well. Um, and and we're, it's, it's us mainly who are doing the talking and, and you know, we're... Um, and if you email us, we've got JP and Alex at allplants.com or kitchen at allplants.com. You get in touch with us anytime. Uh, would, if, if there's any um, you know, budding plant-based entrepreneurs out there who just want to share ideas, get advice, chat, you know, by all means, get in touch. We'll give Jerry our details as well. Uh, and yeah, and if you want to have a taste, come on down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're shipping nationwide every week, and we love new people tasting our food and telling us what they love and uh, ways that, other dishes that they want seeing on, a men on our menu. So. Okay. Awesome. Alex, JP, thanks so much for your time, guys. I hope this Thank goes you. amazing for you. And I can't wait to taste some of your meals whenever I get yeah. closer to where you guys are right now. That's right. You got to get down. Go All right, ahead. man. Jerry, thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have an awesome day. Yeah. Bye-bye. You too.
So that was Alex and JP Petridis from All Plants on episode 14 of the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show. If you're in the UK, go visit their website and give their meals a try. And if you're developing your own business or thinking about it, I hope this interview gave you some ideas about how to build a solid foundation in a lean and sustainable way and have everything ready to scale up just like they're doing. Now, as always, we take all the show notes for you. So everything that was mentioned in the podcast is available on the plantbasedentrepreneur.com slash show slash episode 014. And as always, if you have any questions about it, if you have any suggestions for future episodes, get in touch with me directly on jerry at the plantbasedentrepreneur.com. Finally, I want to give a big shout out to Claudia Nicole. Thanks for the video, Claudia. That was awesome to receive and I hope your holidays were great as well. And I'd also like to thank everyone who's joining our mailing list on the website because you know that's the best way to keep up to date with what's going on. And alternatively, you can also follow us on Twitter at PBEntrepreneur for the latest episodes and news from the plant-based space. Now, I'll be back again next Wednesday with another interview. Until then, stay amazing and keep building the plant-based future.